0: I wanted to take a quick minute to talk about one of our sponsors that make this podcast possible, and that's Parker Sporlin and the Catch-All Filter Dryer. Do you know what can reduce system efficiencies and reliability within your refrigeration system? If you answer contamination, you are correct. Sporlin Catch-All Dryers have been been around since 1947 and have been perfected over the years to capture water, acid, solids, debris, including sludges and varnishes. For best practices, change the catch-all filter dryer if any of the following occurs. Initial system install, when a system is open for service or repair, when excessive pressure drop of 5 PSI across the filter dryer, when the see-all sight glass indicates water is present, when doing a T1-1 acid test kit, says there's acid present, during a compressor burnout cleanup, and following a successful burnout cleanup. To find out more information, by downloading Bulletin 40-10 from Sporlin.com with all the catch-all filter dryer information. Thanks guys, enjoy the episode.
1: We've all been there in the middle of a job everything going smoothly until boom you're missing a part. United Refrigeration is your one-stop shop for all your refrigeration needs. Use your computer or smartphone to go to www.uri.com at any time of day or night to check stock on your favorite brands such as Copeland, Sporlin, Carlisle Compressors, Danfoss, Emerson CPC boards and sensors, Carell, Hussman Parts, and Ketotherm. United Refrigeration, Inc. is home to these brands and many more. Looking for information on refrigerant conversions or refrigerant banking? Quick access links on the homepage can get you to the information you need. All approved accounts are able to see live to the minute inventory and pricing. Product not in stock at your local branch? No problem. Use the nearby stock feature to find a local branch that does have what you need. Are you looking for a branch address, phone number, or after hours number? That's all available as well. Just click on the branch locator and search for your local branch. Have a model number and looking for a replacement part? www.uri.com forward slash ARP has a vast list of quick pick replacement parts. Just search for the model number of the equipment you're working on and click the replacement parts tab. If you don't have an account click the register button and we'll have you online in no time. With more than 400 locations in North America, each United Refrigeration branch is fully stocked for immediate pickup. Our branch employees have in-depth technical knowledge so we can help you get what you need when you need it. Visit your local store or www.uri.com forward slash ARP today. United Refrigeration Inc. Has all your solutions down cold? This uplifting cinematic experience. Uh, I've got something important to tell you, man. The big story is. Dig this and dig it deep. Hey, you got after it. Where go? Where to go? Dude, don't encourage him. You assholes know I'm being sarcastic, right? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Holy shit. I'm holding in a huge miss. So could you get to that point? Terrible! Awful!
2: I hated it! War's over, man. Wormer dropped a big one.
0: Bloody psychopath. High functioning sociopath. I never thought I'd see the day when. Such highly reputable mischief makers as yourselves douse some drawers at the side of a mall security yard. I see you got fat. The force is strong with this one. What do you ate? Hi guys, welcome to the Advanced Refrigeration Podcast. I'm your host Kevin Compass, and here with the co-host Brett Wetzel. How's it going today, Brett?
2: What's going on, man? It's Monday. No, it's Tuesday. I've been doing that all week. I've been screwing (laughs) up. Yesterday, I thought it was Wednesday. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Just I kept. I I took out the. I took out the, the trash this morning. Even though trash is on Wednesday, so I've I, I have no idea what day of the week is. So how about you? How about you, man?
0: I am exhausted. It's been a long, long two weeks. Driving five hours there and back to work every day. Where are you? Where are you at? The like the border, Wisconsin. So oh. I am just like absolutely wiped. <clears throat> And I never get woken up every single night, so it's been a it's been a long week. Have you been brazing in uh, ball valves? <clears throat> no, I'm just no. I just have a sinus infection from spring.
2: <laughs> the one that you perpetually have had all, all all season.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It just goes away for a day and comes back. <clears throat> gotcha. So today, guys, we're going to talk about. Um, dehumidification strategies in stores with no reheat or DH wheels kind of uh, you know ways to go around uh, dehumidifying the stores and or reheating without uh, an actual rack reheat coils or reheat coils from a rooftop unit so we're going to kind of go over some ways to dry out stores and uh, get everything uh, dried out so first and foremost guys with dehumidification the only way to effectively remove moisture is with air conditioning. We have to condition the air and we have to remove the moisture out of it. Now, the process of doing this causes obviously the space temperature to drop. This is where the the issue comes in. So if you have a grocery store, let's say it's an independent, it doesn't have any dehumidification strategy, it's You know, it's going to be cold in there because they have no reheat and your multi-decks are pulling the store down to temp. This is where it becomes a problem. Now you have this cold, wet air in the store. So you need to dehumidify this. So this takes having an EMS system, preferably. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to warm up that space somehow. Whether you use uh, heat from a rack with, with reheat, which is the best option, because you're not wasting any energy from it, or you use gas heat from a rooftop unit from, uh, or an air handler. So gas heat works quite well to reheat a space and allow you to pull moisture out still. I mean, you need to warm that space back up in order to keep the air conditioning running. Keeping the air conditioning running is what removes the moisture. So you don't want to pull it out through the cases. You want to pull it out through the air conditioning. So there's a, there's a couple strategies you can go about doing this. So using the gas heat to as reheat. I mean, it isn't the most efficient thing out there, but it really depends where you are. So in some areas, gas is cheaper than electric, which probably in Texas is probably cheaper than electric
2: yeah probably um have, have so just so we're differentiating because there's multiple ways that you can um you're talking right now you're talking about a reheat coil that's basically taking either discharge uh discharge gas or uh, liquid temperature and running it through a separate coil you know in, in the in the airplane space correct
0: well, we're pretty much talking about if you don't have that i mean if you do have that
2: mm-hmm. i
0: mean life is good and dehumidification is easy yeah i mean let, let's be honest like so most stores in chicago do we don't have reheat coils i mean the they're pretty much banned
2: so so the the you know the, there's some other ways you can do it right so you know you're the problem with hot gas if you were to do hot gas depending on where you're injecting it you're you're causing uh you know different different things to happen so if you're if you're injecting hot gas directly after the expansion valve you actually reduce the amount of latent heat um that you're actually removing. Um, so the, we're,
0: we're actually talking about like get, using like rooftops gas reheat like actual like natural gas reheat.
2: Oh, no, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: Well, yeah, we're we're talking we're talking about like dehumidification, like reheat right now, like trying I, to.
2: Kill, I thought kill. you're just giving different options, like if you we're know, you know there's because there's a multitude of different methods that we can do, right? Okay, no, my bad. We're,
0: we're talking about actual. So we're talking about like getting the space back up the temp. So in order to dehumidify like warming that space back up so gas reheat or electric reheat is going to be your best you know next best option here i mean it costs money to run that but at the same time you're probably going to cancel out what you're going to from the dropping that humidity set point in the store and that uh dew point is going to probably cancel out on the energy side because that dew point is going to eat up a ton of case load. It adds a tremendous amount of load to the cases. Like, guys don't really realize this, like how much load a high dew point adds to the cases. I mean, Mm -hmm. it'll get to the point where some cases won't make temp anymore because they can't because they're removing so much moisture they're just becoming air conditioners at this point. They're just conditioning the air and pulling the humidity out. So getting that dew point down is tremendously important i mean a lot of stores i see that don't have dehumidification using the rooftop gas reheat i've had like really good luck locking the heat on and the air conditioning at the same time to allow it to reheat that air after it leaves the evaporator coil so that way that that leaving air out of the evaporator coil can get reheated and the store is still a comfortable temp for the people to shop so the air conditioning is not sitting off i mean we have tons of stores in chicago this big chain up here that probably half their air conditioning hasn't run in 20 years mm-hmm. i mean because it's all everything in the frozen food aisle or the the aisle with all aisles with all the multi-decks is all below temp because they have no reheat
2: gotcha so there's the, unfortunately there's certain manufacturers that you can't do that with because i see what you're saying like you know uh, you can either run them at the same time Um, or you could be bopping back and forth. And so like on a unit, like a train, uh, any of the Voyager stuff, you cannot run the air conditioning and the heating at the same time. There's something internal with the logic on that board where it's not allowing you to do that. Um, I do know that, you you know, what's
0: that? You just cut it all out.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a lot though. I mean, you were, um, it was two years ago, you, you were going around installing, something for dehumidification it was like uh looked like an expansion valve with a with a big like eight inch pickle dryer on there something like that it looks like almost like a little uh, accumulator on a on a on a uh, self-contained
0: that's uh, a raw device like it that's for it's supposed to keep the it's supposed to keep your saturation temperature up enough where it you know it, it lets it run longer so it dehumidifies more yeah that's what i mean yeah i mean you're not going to get as much out of that as you would out of reheating that air. I mean, a lot of ours, like a lot of stuff with us, we have a lot of duck heaters and air handlers. So, I mean, at that point we, we pretty much have free control over the duck heaters. Duck heaters are probably the best. If you have in, in duck heaters, like gas fired unit heaters and duck, like, I mean, that is the best way to dehumidify if you have no reheat
2: because you can, I mean, you have many a different stage, right? So you can, you can control how much that, that, uh, that discharge air gets up to like when we do when you know, when I program CPC for, um, for air handler units, um, you know, certain stores, they, they like to use hydronics. And when I'm dehumidifying, you know, I'm, I'm only running the discharge air up to like 78 degrees. So basically I have the air conditioning running and then I'm modulating that, that, um, modulating, uh, zero to 10 volt hydronic valve you know just to maintain that 78 degrees and then if uh if i'm running a full boron heat then i'm going to run that up to 120 130 whatever you know whatever the design is
0: yeah i mean hydronic heat is by far the best i mean you're not going to beat that especially we we do have that option a lot by us because we have a lot of high rises where stores are in there and they have heat they have hydronic heat all year round for domestic and uh vav reheat so i mean some stores have hydronic heat all year round so Mm -hmm. i mean you could easily dehumidify with that i mean then we have chill water in that sense i mean you're not going to beat hydronic heat and chill water i mean you're gonna you're gonna be able to have hot deck cold deck and be able to, to dehumidify big time with that the other strategy to this whole gas reheat thing is dropping the blower speed so if you have a vfd you could drop your blower speed. Now, this is inside a CPC, and I'm pretty sure it's inside Dan Foss too. You could drop in microthermal. Also, you could drop your blower speed during dehumidification. Mm-hmm. So you could run the blower uh, speed lower and allow the saturated suction temperature to come down a little bit. Run a colder coil mm-hmm. and remove more humidity. Mm-hmm. Now your discharge air is going to creep down so you got to keep an eye on that. You want to keep it from uh, you know freezing. I come come up with a couple of ways of doing this. like I will generally drop the the blower speed down 45 50 Hertz depending on how it needs to be. And I will also put a couple uh, temp sensors on a coil and run them as like free stats. And if I see the the coil temperature start creeping down to like 33 degrees, then I'll start increasing the blower speed a little bit. I'll use a flexible combiner to control that and then increase the blower speed a little bit to move a little more CFM across that, across that coil to keep it up there. 34 degrees is like a magic, like amazing number for demonification. Like 45, that? 30, 35. So a 35 degree coil, thats right where you're going to run, where you're not going to start dipping into freezing. The colder you get that coil, the more you're going to dehumidify, the more moisture you're going to pull out of the air on that coil. So
2: you're essentially increasing the, the latent heat load of that, of that coil.
0: Yes, because you're, you're making the colder, the, the coil colder and all that moisture is going to collect on that coil surface and drop out and into the drain pan. So this is where it's, you know, important now when you do this, you're going to drop your discharge air down. So I may get down to like 50 degrees, 45 degrees. So this is one thing you got to watch. Now you have to reheat that air. This is where this reheat comes in. If you have DX reheat for the rack, you have, like, hot gas reheat, amazing. It works great. Um, all, all, Aldi uses this. Works tremendously great. They they, they can dehumidify their stores and uh, basically run the dew points down in like 45 degrees, usually at an Aldi with a CES unit. Now, what they're doing is they're using a digital compressor. They oversize, Aon slash CES oversizes the first lead compressor, so it's oversized, so it's constantly unloading, and they're trying to maintain a thirty-five degree coil. So they're trying to maintain that to pull as much moisture out, and then they're using the rack to reheat, reheat it. And if the, if the rack can't keep up with the reheat, then it starts firing stages of gas heat.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I mean that that's that is the, the you know the best way I found to reheat a store and dehumidify without having dehumidification. I mean, usually carrier will let you force the heat on train. Some of the older stuff you can. Lennox, you can. You can fire at the heat and cooling at the same time.
2: What's what's your what's your favorite brand of of unit as far as functionality? Uh, as far as dehumidification. Uh regular rooftop unit and then, you know, specialty stuff.
0: Yeah, AN. Yeah. I mean, AN slash C E S. Like they'll see I mean, AN's quality control is kind of shit, but I mean Th- th- they work like i mean they'll see
2: yes say one nice thing you had to throw a dig in there <laughs> quality control shit but other than that
0: i mean i i said i said something positive it was it was a compliment sandwich <sighs> just supposed to shit in the middle i mean they have very bad quality control uh-huh. like I'm, I'm tired of changing transformers every other week I've I've probably changed out close to like thirty five transformers now. Really? Yeah, they have some issue with their all their transformers that so they just explode. <laughs> it's like it's like a known thing. They have like a defect in their transformers.
2: Well, they they offsize the stuff all the time. So like, I mean, if you try to buy you know a regular Aeon you know half horsepower motor. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's gonna be it's toast. Not, it's like it's it's. Maybe like three quarter horsepower or something, or it's, it, it's oddball, you know what I mean? They play with a lot in the service factor or whatever, but you can tell like the motors are, you know, beefier and bigger, you know.
0: Real, real shitty thing they do with their capacitors, the way they, they wire all the capacitors for the condenser fan motors. I'll tell you this uh, yeah. if you, whoever does startup is to pay attention and it's real hot out and they just check every motor running at the same time, yeah, everything's fine, but uh, if they move two spades over, um, The motors, the condenser fan motors, only one will run when one is calling. But if two and three call, don't call to run. Then, or sorry, if three, if two calls to run, it won't run till three calls to run. But if three and two both call to run at the same time, two and three won't run. Interesting. Yeah, it's basically like two wires that get moved over, and it's like on half the rooftop units. (laughs) Like their their dehumidification works great. Like. They they have like a their little A on board in there that's controlling their uh, hot gas valve. Mm -hmm. You can set up for them to control it off saturated or uh, leaving temp, or you could set it up for uh, a zero to ten signal. Now that they also have like set up where they have internal heat reclaim or reheat. I mean that doesn't work the best, but I mean it still works better than having nothing.
2: So is that comparable to the Lennox humiditrol units? They're Which way better. They uh, the Aeons are.
0: Yeah, but I've only seen them with CES running them. Like CES's uh, control strategies, it actually pretty good. What is what is uh, what is CES? I don't think I've ever seen CES. So CES is like uh, they make custom branded rooftop units. So they basically take uh Aon units and slap their name on the outside of them okay and then they slap their own controls in them they run uh ipro controllers in them oh yeah it's probably the only thing i'll ever say positive about that but uh <laughs> i mean that controller and that application works great yeah i mean it does it does a bang up job of dehumidifying
2: are they are they starting to use uh, more electronic expansion valves than, than a lot of those newer rooftop units?
0: No, they're all straight DX expansion valves, yeah. but uh, they have uh, modulating hot gas valves. And, uh, I mean, that's it. I mean, they're simple, but digital compressors. The digital compressor is, like, the key to that whole, like, deal. Like, I mean, it, it just, it slaps ass.
2: No, Aeon's pretty good. I don't, it was either going to be a toss-up between... Linux and, and Aon units, but I, I hate Linux schematics.
0: Linux schematics are written by like the worst engineer ever. Like Aeon uh-huh. schematics are simple, minus the, the fact that they use colors for everything. And I have a couple colorblind, couple colorblind guys that work with me, and it is rough. <laughs> uh, I work with a guy all the time, and we, we purposely buy um, wire with like blue and blue stripes. So he awful. can't see it. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. We ask him That's all the time. Awful. Like, uh, we we make him go pick out paint. Like, we were painting heads in a retrofit. We make him go pick out paint. And we'd be like, okay, okay, go figure, go find the, 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 the 448 blue. It's <laughs> awful. And he's sitting there Googling it.
2: <laughs> What's the actual color of 448 blue?
0: Like, trying to find the spray paint can color because he can't see it.
2: So he has to find something with a comparable name, but it has to be that same manufacturer to make sure he gets the right color paint.
0: Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, that's that's bloody awful. Um,
0: but, I mean, as far as Rooftop, so like, I mean, Aeon, and then I'd have to say, Kinda Train.
2: Yeah, Kinda Train. What, um, so, the strategy. So... You want to explain why we, uh, why we change our set points in the in the winter uh, via the fall, and or I'm sorry, winter summer, and Maybe why space uh, set points? Yeah, and then you know the uh, the why we why we set them up the
0: way we do. I mean, well, I mean obviously you don't want to be you want a higher cooling set point. than... I mean most space set points stay the same all year round. I mean, you you may run a higher cooling set point than heating set point i mean you don't want to you don't want to heat your building up to 72 degrees i mean that would cost a ton of money yeah also don't want to cool your building down to 69 degrees because again that would cost a lot of money or you'd be like walmart setting that that uh, that cooling set point up at 77
2: yeah remember guys when you when you're dealing with all this stuff that you know there are sometimes the separate controls um i had an instance where we had uh a manager called me from a store and complaining it was legitimately 80 degrees in his in a store and i found it really hard to believe like i've seen some big box stores get up in temp but never 80. well the electricians happened to be uh uh going through and changing light bulbs that day and the one that they shut off that they thought they shut off was uh going to the three-phase uh monitor that was on the HVAC circuit so basically what happened was as soon as it sensed that it had a three phase failure, it shut down every rooftop unit in that store.
0: Yeah. So we have uh, like a bunch of the Chicago stores. They, this has become a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, They have HVAC shutdown emergency switches. (laughs) Yes. So they are at the front of the store so Mm -hmm. every time an employee like quits or gets Uh fired Uh they mash that fuck (laughs) seriously yeah at one store it kills the cooling towers also which kills I mean it happens like a lot like a couple times a month at at some stores (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, you have that. I mean, also you got to watch like store window stores and they will raise the cooling set points to 77 degrees and they will wait until somebody complains about it before they set them all back down and you'll call building controls and they'll be be like, what the hell? Why are these all at 77 set point 72? Well, you got to realize, I mean, if they do that at, you know, a ton of stores, and no mm-hmm. planes for a month they just saved a massive amount of energy agreed but in the same sense they made everybody miserable in the store and now the cases are working twice as hard
2: yeah so let's talk about settings um you know a horrible horrible thing about them warming the space temperature up to you know 77 degrees so all the refrigerated cases from here on out that we've that we that we install are, are they're type I think type one case, which means it's uh allotted to be installed in a space that's below seventy five degrees and below fifty five percent relative humidity. As long as that they're below those two settings, that case, if everything is set up properly, shouldn't ice up and shouldn't have issues. But um that's why it's important first to know where you're supposed to start off. So we, we have a starting set point. So we're trying to maintain um, like I said, 55 degree uh relative humidity and and 75 degree or below um space temperature Yeah,
0: um, it's probably not even gonna work in that
2: so when, um during uh during uh dehumidification we really really care about uh dew point uh that basically really tells you you know how well the the system's working um you know we know that dew point is being used for controlling the any sweats um the theory behind that is if you have a case that's at negative 10 degrees and if that frame was at negative 10 degrees because that temperature is below the dew point which let's call 55 degrees um it's going to end up sweating that's why when you have a bad door gasket or whatever you end up sweating right where that door gasket is so we're trying to achieve uh, certain temperatures so we don't have sweating um but also so it feels more comfortable people are more comfortable they're going to shop longer so you try to maintain as close to 55 uh, 55 degree dew point as humanly possible um, when setting up the controls uh, a lot of times you know you'll you can have different outputs um, or you can you can bind them up so what you know what kevin was talking before you know if you have a rooftop unit that does allow you to actually run the heating and the cooling at the same time um, you know that's when you would employ that function uh, a lot of times these newer rooftop units you know they do actually have a uh an output that you can designate for dehumidification so it may be a th- you know three-way valve that's doing it it could be hot gas bypass valve and d superheating valve doing it obviously like the 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 munters unit uh style of unit you know they're doing that as well because that's when they're going to employ the uh the desiccant wheel Hey guys, today's episode is sponsored by Westermeyer Industries Serviceable Oil Floats. Many oil separators contain an oil float to effectively meter separated oil back to the compressors. Westermeyer Industries has taken this concept and perfected it with their new line of serviceable oil floats. These floats feature an improved design with fewer components, allowing for good greater manufacturer consistency and up to 20% increased oil flow versus their legacy models. These floats also feature an integrated magnet to shield the oil path from debris and have been field proven in supermarket applications. Westmire Industries offer replacement oil floats not only for their own separators, but also cross-compatible models for our competitor oil separators as well. You can find out more about the Westermeyer Industries serviceable oil floats by visiting westermeyerind.com backslash floats. Once again, that's westermeyerind.com slash float. Let's get on with the episode. Hello guys, this episode is brought to you by FieldPeace. FieldPeace's next generation of vacuum pumps will cut down on evacuation time and make oil changes on the fly a breeze. They are lightweight, durable, and feature four inline ports plus a large oil reservoir. Get pumped about these three new Fieldpiece vacuum pumps available at distributors now. Learn more at fieldpiece.com or follow us on social media at Fieldpiece Products. Thanks again and thanks for listening.
0: I'm not a huge fan of DH wheels. So,
2: Man, I am. Um, we, uh, you know, we. I talked about this this one site where they were blowing up compressors and we found it was a piping issue. And with that unit, the way it was sized with that, the, that desk can, uh, we're able to get the space down to a six degree dew point.
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I have yet to see a customer maintain those units like they should. I mean...
2: If if that's the problem, you know, if that's the problem that you have with the unit, then that's 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 a customer problem, you know.
0: But it's every single unit, so I mean,
2: then then yeah. they need to have a facilities guy say we're not using those anymore because they require too much maintenance, you know. But they don't. They really don't. I mean, I think a lot of it is really you know poor understanding of how those, well,
0: those shit, dude. Those work. you know how expensive a DH wheels in a monitors unit, uh, ten grand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of coin. You you know how many motors units I've gone to and the DH wheels pretty much disintegrated. No, I,
2: but that's that's lack that's lack of maintenance. That's not because of design or anything. You I've also seen Descent wheels that have lasted for, for you know fifteen years. It's it's all about how the unit was maintenance, right? If you're gonna do a shit maintenance, you're gonna get shit longevity out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two for the month: uh, What is the maximum suction line temperature that you're allotted to have on a Copeland compressor? before you'll end up uh, damaging that compressor. Uh, send your responses to ARPgiveaways at gmail.com.
0: All right. So now that we're talking about dehumidification, we're all uh, yeah we've settings. already talked about
2: Settings. I want to know settings.
0: What settings? As cold as possible.
2: There's the demon- not there's a no set set uh, ban that you do as far as so you, don't, so you don't overlap. Forty five
0: to fifty for demon dehumid for uh, dew point, I mean, is if you can get it lowered, I mean, it's better. No, but I mean, I'm
2: saying, so, you know, we talked about heating and cooling set points, why they are the way they are. Part of the reason is so you don't, if you don't have a unit that's uh, able to, you know, pull both at the same time, you know, heating and air conditioning, you got to have a way to run it so you're not going to end up short cycling. Otherwise, you're going to destroy that unit trying to dehumidify your space.
0: I usually just jump. I usually just wire around to get the heat to go on. I mean, yeah. I, I get to run into where I can't do it. I mean, but a lot of our stuff's air handlers or like carrier rooftops where you, where you have the ability to run heat and cooling at the same time. Okay. Mechanics is where you have the ability to run heat and cooling at the same time. I mean, there's always a way around it. I mean, you could always force the, the heat relay, find out where it comes out of the board, and add your own relay for dehumidification. Yeah,
2: but I mean unless unless you're doing this for a project for 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 a store, I mean, you know, they're not going to want pay for that, you know what I mean?
0: I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of mom and pop stores out there that I mean, you you could run this at and, you know, do it at and dehumidify and stop the uh stop the uh water leaking all over the place and the lawsuits. I mean, let's be honest, slip & Falls or Cost Grocery stores more more money than anything. So I mean, drying up those glass doors is more important than anything. I mean, what what's cheaper, a lawsuit or a relay to 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 turn the heat on?
2: No, agreed. No, I just, I just don't. No, I wasn't even talking about the relay. I'm talking about, you know, you're gonna, you know, having excessive cycling on your heat. That's more times that the unit is gonna condense inside, which more times the moisture is gonna uh, build inside there and cause you know cause that to have more wear than what it would and the yeah, same but- thing for the compressor we don't want to short cycle the crap out of the compressor right it
0: wouldn't be short cycling because it's trying to dehumidify at the same time so if you're okay say say your space set point is say 70 degrees okay and your dew point's at 55 degrees mm-hmm. okay if, you're, if your space temperature is 69 degrees you're not going to call for cooling okay so you got to bring the heat on to start warming it up. Okay. You're going for dehumidification at this point. Your deep your humidity is high, your dew point's high. So you're forcing the heat on to bring this to warm the set the space up. Space up. Mm-hmm. Once the space warms up, it's going to bring the air conditioning on. Mm-hmm. The heat is going to stay on until the dehumidification relay drops out. Okay. So the heat is running the entire time, warming up the store.
2: See, i was i was thinking okay so that's if you're able to run the heating and the air conditioning at the same time so if you're running something like cpc where you have that availability for that third relay or, or you know whatever you know run an outside uh heating source that, that you that you can't utilize running both Now, obviously said if you rewire it yes you can do it but if you're if you're utilizing the same logic and the same board that's in there and you can only run tit for tat that's the only part that i was concerned about so if you can't if you're not able or capable to wire that unit up that you need to have both of them running that's what i was concerned about because basically at that point you'd be going you know back and forth back and forth i mean
0: obviously that's not going to work you 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 need to make it so that you're using it for dehumidification. and in that sense if i have a bunch of package units on the roof Mm -hmm. they stagger them one heat one cool one heat one cool okay so if i have like a say if i have like a a, the store unfortunately like 20 package units Mm -hmm. smaller ones Mm -hmm. i'll say if there's like three in the same zone i'll force one into heating one into cooling one into heating or or cooling whatever one it needs to be that way is dehumidifying and the other two are heating the zone up and keeping the zone warm
2: all right. Well, now that we got there, what do what are you doing? If uh, if you have the option, if you have multiple units, would you rather run the one on the outside wall for heating, or would you rather do an outside wall for uh, doing the air conditioning predominantly, cooling? Okay. I,
0: I would rather keep the core of the building warmer. I mean, let, let's be honest. More people are going to be in the core than the outside the outside edges. Plus, I want to catch the air coming in to the building with the closest rooftop and condition it not heat it
2: yeah the other ways that we have to do this if you if you can't run it back and forth and tit for tat what it would what would you rather see installed so you know we have a couple options right you could do you know the hot gas uh, bypass uh valve that's right at the um sorry right at the uh the distributor nozzle right you'll have that auxiliary side port that's where you're going to dump that in um controlling with like an a9 just to control a certain saturated then that way you could you could actually run two different settings and you know when you when you're gonna run straight up air, uh, air conditioning and no regulation or you, if you have a two stepping solenoid you could have it regulate at a higher temperature or I'm sorry not have it regulated at all and try to run the, the saturated as low as possible. Than by pulling out more more uh more moisture out of the out of the space.
0: Well, the other thing that guys don't realize too, and even like say you're at an independent, somewhere smaller mom pop place, mm-hmm. you can get a coil for not that much money for a reheat off the rack. I mean, you'd be surprised. It, it it's a lot less money than people think to get a heat reclaim coil. You can get custom coils made that'll fit in the ductwork
2: so do if you're going now that brings me to another question because i never thought about this until now so if you're sizing if you're trying to size that unit obviously you would want to go with an engineer over what i say but i mean you could i'm assuming if you're doing the total load for the rack you would not do the total heat rejection but just the amount of btus in that because uh, we're not trying to condense right
0: well i mean it doesn't really matter if you do Everybody, everybody acts like it's the end of the world if you could. No, 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 no,
2: no. I'm not. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it's. You know, you're.
0: Generally, it's uh, the heat. The of coil.
2: Yeah, because well, you know, because the coil would be huge then if you're figuring it for the total uh, beat uh, total heat rejection
0: be massive. So what I what I've been told, like rules of thumb, like most heat reclaimed coils are sized for uh, heat compression, so that extra BTU load from heat of compression. Mm-hmm. is the heat reclaim coil. So you want to reduce that to the point where you're just about to condense and then you're going to go into the condenser. You got to remember you're moving a ton more volume than the condenser would ever see. And it, at times it's going to be getting hit with 50 degree air.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So your your heat rejection is going to be way more than the condenser ever would be. Mm-hmm. But so I mean you could get, you could add a heat reclaim coil and it would probably pay for itself in less than less than a year with what you'd save on gas and electricity for dehumidification and cases, and that's gonna make the condenser more efficient. So if you have a condenser that's kind of like shitty, I mean it's it's got a lot of load on it, throwing a mm-hmm. heat reclaim on there is going to reduce your condenser load. Agreed. By a lot less,
2: less cycling too this is going to be more steady because it's going to be using that load to, to heat all the time
0: yes i do not agree with though when they start throwing a8s on heat reclaim coils and running the head pressure up i pretty much think you should just let it be it is what it is i mean i think you you throw away any energy loss like all do does that they they well, crank up the discharge pressure to 90 degrees discharge saturation to 90 degrees to get more heat out of the heat reclaim coil when I, it runs the rack head pressure up and then you lose it's it's cheaper per therm in chicago to run gas than it is to you know per kilowatt hour
2: well at that point you're basically running electric heat right you're you're running electric heat uh, essentially right because you're raising the head pressure which is you know uh you just said you know electricity consumption costs way more than gas
0: when Uh you can throw in 150 degree discharge gas in there and still warm up the store in in the middle of the night and the shoulder shoulder times and you know keep it where it's running one stage of gas heat Mm -hmm. i mean i think that's just stupid to rely on just reheat i mean use it in the shoulder seasons when it's 60 70 degrees out you know reheat the building i mean but to rely on that and crank your head pressure up you're literally just using electric heat which is which is going to be more expensive than gas heat
2: so we need to do an energy efficient uh podcast because now this brings up a whole whole boatload more questions that that now i have talking about is it how much how much more energy would you save if you ran that air conditioning you know, just way, you know, way longer instead of short cycling. So let's just say a compressor, uh, a rooftop cycles 180 times a day.
0: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you're, you're versus,
2: in- versus running that thing, you know, for eight hours for that whole day, which one's going to have more energy consumption? I mean, obviously I think it's going to be the cycling unit, right? Cause you have all that in rush. What, what do you think?
0: It's the cycling unit. We just had those Falcon air guys on. I mean, it was their whole, that was their whole, thing for the most part you know you cut yeah. the you cut the cycling out and just have it run i mean obviously if it's not running at all like those most air conditioners on most supermarkets because they're just the aisles are too cold they're just not running at all i mean obviously that's more efficient than anything because it's not running at all yeah i mean but when you cycle you use tons of energy to start to stop and it's hard on the equipment what's it do for the equipment life Maybe, so adding reclaim coils is a big, easy thing. Like we did a store of protocols. We ended up, we had a bunch of package rooftop units. We ended up adding like, I think we had six protocols. We ended up putting six heat reclaim coils in. I mean, they were not that expensive. I mean, obviously the labor was, and pipe was expensive, but I mean, it probably paid for itself in less than a year. I mean, the store ran way better. Especially Understood. with...
2: Uh, well, so I have a legitimate question. So unless the the rack is fairly close to the rooftop unit that you're trying to reheat, uh, I mean, how much more gas would you say that you actually had to add to the rack in order to, to bring it up to the level that was at post? Yes, that,
1: that's a negative.
2: <laughs> I
0: mean, it could be quite a bit. I mean, it really depends. And if you're condensing in there, it could mm-hmm. be a lot. Well, and yeah. we we have a whole, when a heat reclaim coil kicks on. Uh-huh. i mean it probably eats up two hundred fifty pounds of gas
2: yeah we we had a we had a, a store like that in connecticut um it was all glycol square it was like 80 uh eighty eighty four thousand square foot or something like that something ridiculous it had like uh thirteen four d compressors on this fucking glycol rack i've 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 never seen a flange valve on a rack before like as far as like on a supermarket yes you know bigger you know bigger industrial style you know racks yes but never never a flange valve on you know on 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 the unit like this and so the discharge line they they size some funky stuff but i think the discharge line was three three and an eighth and so that had a they called it a full condensing uh, unit, uh, full condensing coil, for the reheat. But I, I think it accidentally just happened that way. Um, so they had a seasons four that was there, and we. Ju- so when they when they installed the pump out line, they basically just t- <laughs> took a piece of three 8 copper and just put it in this big three 8 pipe, but it didn't go to the bottom. It was just you know it barely, barely stuck through there. Um, so it was pulling all vapor off there. So it would take days, days to pull that refrigerant out. So, yeah. uh we saved energy by running the heat reclaim all the time in summertime.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's there's no reason not to. I mean, you're dehumidifying, but it, t- it does take gas. I mean, I mean, the closer the rack, the better. I mean, I've also seen a lot of uh, stuff here lately. Um, it's been glycol, the water heat reclaim. And then the, the glycol is especially with this, a lot of the CO2 stuff, it's been glycol to water, and then the glycol is uh, the reclaim for the for whatever it is. I mean, you're only going to get like 90, 100-degree glycol out of there, and you're heating up the rooftop that way. But that's enough to dehumidify. That's enough to reheat that air, that air bringing it up from 50 to 70, 75 degrees and, and keep that space comfortable so they can dehumidify.
2: Yeah, they're, 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 they're doing a lot with you know secondary-type you know, refrigerants so that sky cool system they're de-superheating the co2 but it's it's basically co2 uh going to the glycol and then glycol to those those panels so you're not transferring a million times because you know as well as i do any kind of heat exchanger uh you know isn't the most efficient way you know when when trying to transfer energy there's always a little bit of loss there especially with the, the the secondary fluids like you know water and and glycol and stuff
0: i'm not a big fan of that i think the, the dx straight the dx co2 uh reheat like i've only seen all they use it but it it kicks ass i mean you got to remember tc when you, especially when you run running transcritical that discharge line is way hotter than r22 you're talking 200 plus degrees mm-hmm. and i mean it, it'll that It'll be like fifty degrees outside, and they'll be running no heat, no gas heat, just just using the rack. Forty degrees, just using the rack. Really? Yep.
2: So it so it doesn't it doesn't slap ass. It's not slap ass worthy. It's just kick ass worthy.
0: Yeah, you can't say slap ass with that with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got you. You're such an asshole. All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to call it a night on this one, and uh, we're going to set up some energy, uh, some, like Brett was talking about, some energy uh, efficiency ones. I, I've been kind of working through this with a couple different people to see if we could have a couple different guests on to talk about this and actually talk numbers. So uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Have a good night. Later, guys.
1: It doesn't matter. There are only four rules you need to remember. Make the plan. Execute the plan. Expect the plan to go off the rails. Throw away the plan.